Welcome to the Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why of everything we do here as a church. My name is Brian. Well done, I'm Brian. here with Pastor Eric. That was his first time ever introducing the podcast. Yeah, it was. It was. He wrote down the little introduction, though so he didn't watch it up. <laughs> Well, that's embarrassing. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Well done. So we are going to talk today about something that we have mentioned or even done a podcast in a similar um, way, but we're going to talk about it a little differently, hopefully today. And that is the topic of pastor appreciation. Um, Eric, Pastor Eric, Mm -hmm. why did you want to talk about pastor appreciation month? Um, well, it's October, first of all, and I think our church has last couple years done something, uh, during the month of October to honor the pastors. And I've been thinking about it coming up. And one of the things that I think is, um, something I'd like to talk about is First of all, I have been so blessed and so thankful for the way the church family has blessed my family. It's like every October we've gotten a great gift and notes and things like that. But I've been thinking as much as I have appreciated that, I think our church ought to also cultivate the same kind of love, respect, and honor um, and to demonstrate it during Pastor Appreciation Month to the other pastors of our church, namely uh, Mark Severance and Kent Roberts. Um, some people might say, well, they're, they're elders, they're not pastors. But Brian, we, we know better than that, right? Yes. Are elders pastors? Elders are pastors. Yes, they are. Elders, our pastors, our overseers, they're all used interchangeably. Um, and so these, these guys are shouldering the work of the ministry along with me. I am the more public, upfront one, but uh, these are men that are shepherding, counseling, discipling, um, prayerfully making decisions uh, to help lead the church. And I think their work deserves honor and recognition as well. And so I thought, since today, is it the last day of September? Yes, today yeah. is the last day. I'm, tomorrow, when people hear this, it'll probably be Friday. So well, We have to just live in the present. We have to live in the present. It's September 30th. Today is September 30th. And tomorrow is? October 1st. So tomorrow is the first day of the 2021 Pastor Appreciation Month. And I thought it would be good to think about just what does the Bible say about this issue? And I wanted to encourage our church family to consider how they might honor uh, the, the pastors here, the elders here. Yeah. And when you say honor or th- how to think through this properly, um, I think that oftentimes we don't think of uh, service, right? We think of elders and pastors serving us. Mm-hmm. And that being the the dynamic, the biblical dynamic, which is true in a sense. Yeah. But there's also um, biblical responsibilities to the flock. 
how do they serve their pastors? How do they serve their overseers? So kind of walk us through those things. Now, what does the Bible have to say about the way that the congregation or the people, the church members can um, not just, I guess, not just the month of October, but intentionally the month of October specifically put mm-hmm. a special emphasis on certain of these things. Yeah. Yeah. The month of October is arbitrary. It's not in the Bible, but it is a month that we feel like, Hey, everyone's doing it. It, it is good for us to teach on this regularly and cultivate because um, it's good for the church. It's not like <laughs> this can maybe come off as self-serving since I'm a pastor, but this stuff is true. If I die tonight and I, you know, or if I retire from the pastorate, this is true because the Bible actually has a lot to say about how churches should treat their pastors and elders. Um, and so this is something that's for the good of the church. It's, it's like, if you think of it this way, um, the analogy that Paul uses in 1 Timothy 5 is he pulls up the analogy of the ox being muzzled. He says, don't muzzle that ox when it's treading out the grain. So the, the imagery is, imagine this big ox is treading your field, and as it's going, um, it starts eating some of the grain that it's, that it's treading out. And you go, no, that grain's for me. I, I want all the grain I can get. And so you put a muzzle on that ox. Is that ox going to be as productive? You might think that you're going to get more grain by muzzling the ox because you're thinking, well, if he eats less, then I have more. But what actually you're going to do is you're going to produce less grain because that ox is going to get hungry. He's going to lose energy. He's not going to want to work if he's all muzzled. And so it's interesting that Paul uses that analogy that's in the Old Testament, and he brings it to the idea of giving honor to your pastors and don't muzzle your pastors. In other words, uh, feed them, let them be encouraged and honored so that they find joy in the work that they're doing rather than the work is a, is a burden and they just kind of got to trudge through it. Um, don't muzzle them. So the principle is it's better for the church to ensure that their pastors are well taken care of and well loved and respected and all those things. Um, so it's not self-serving. It's actually for the good of the body that the pastors and elders are well taken care of. So, all right, you mentioned, you know, what does the Bible say about this? Let's look first at First Thessalonians 5. Um, Would you encourage people to turn there if they're, they're, they're in a place where they're sitting down if you're and have driving access to their your, Bibles? If you're driving in your car right now, pull over and get out your Bible. Not on your phone. I want your actual you know, paper-bound Bible. Now, you could just listen. Uh, first, whoops, <laughs> I turned to First Timothy. Um, first Thessalonians 5. Verses 12 and 13 say, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So he gives two kind of attitudes that we ought to have toward those who are over us. First is respect them. 
Um, you ought to see the work of an elder as something that's noble in 1 Timothy 3.1. Whoever aspires to the office of overseer aspires to a noble task. And so it is worthy of your respect. Uh, there's, there's weight that elders carry. There's decisions that they make that are important and there's some gravity to them. And so that should be a respected position. And so Paul urges these brothers in Thessalonica, respect those who are over you. Treat them with respect. And then more than just respect, he says in verse 13, esteem them very highly in love. Um, We should love our leaders. There should be an affection that we should have for them. And um, it's one thing to have an affection for someone that's like buried deep, deep down in your heart and you never say anything. It's another thing, and this is what I think that Paul would be getting at, is as you esteem them highly in love, it overflows in the way you listen to them um, and respond to their leadership and even in the way you speak to them. I think uh, it is important for church members to express their love for their leaders. Like say, I love you. I, I'm thankful for you. I thank God for you. I am uh, encouraged by you. Uh, so it's not just something we feel. It's something that boils over in our lives. Um, I think there's a lot of pride in, in our hearts that gets in the way of us saying those kinds of things to each other. Um, but we got to get more used to saying, I love you, man. I appreciate you. I love your work. I thank God for you. Those kinds of things are hugely important. Yeah. Uh, you might touch on this a little later. You said like speak in love to them. Yeah. Speak kindly to them. I think also quick like footnote is speak kindly or lovingly of them, you know, with one another. True. Uh, that's, d- that's a good point. In, in the midst of our membership, those who are members, those who are in the congregation, those who are fellow Christians, fellow brothers and sisters, to speak well of them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also very important, the way that we set the tone to one another. It's so easy to, uh, we're just engraved in our culture to criticize mm-hmm. leaders, criticize the president, mm-hmm. criti- criticize political yeah. leaders, public figures. And then we come into the church and we have leaders, authoritative figures, God-given authority, and that's just the inclination. Yeah. Uh, so I think that can do a lot of damage or a lot of uh, good, beneficial to yeah. the, the if church. If we do it, yeah. I've heard it. Uh, someone describe it like, um, like gossip the good things about other people to other people like good gossip like hey so-and-so is doing a great job at this man that's i'm so thankful for him have you heard what so-and-so did it was such a blessing to us those kinds of things that's exactly right um and it just creates a, a good culture a good atmosphere where there's charity and love and no one's saying that we're perfect um but but that there's a genuine affection. And the more that exists, the more it creates a bond of trust. And churches, if, if churches don't have trust, they're not going to move fast in any direction. Trust is kind of like the, the oil on the wheels that makes it turn. If there's no trust, it's just going to screech along. And, um, and so elders need to trust their people and their people need to trust them. And that is helped when, when members speak well of their leaders. Um, another one is in uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. 
um, where uh, the author writes, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Uh, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the elders' responsibility is to oversee the souls of their people. Now, that's a huge responsibility. But then the exclamation point at the end of that responsibility is, you're going to have to give an account. So an elder will one day stand before God, and he will give an account for how he cared for the souls of the people in his flock. That's a weighty responsibility. And the, then the, the responsibility of the people who he's caring for, there's two main words that come out here, is obey your leaders and submit to them. Submit is the idea of putting yourself under them for the purpose of learning, growing. Um, actually, if you go back a little bit to verse 7 of the same chapter in Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, 7, he writes, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of life, or the word of God, I mean, consider the outcome of their way of life and, and imitate their faith. So you should, what he's encouraging uh, people to do here is remember your leaders, uh, remember their lifestyle, consider it, think about it, and then imitate them. And so, a part of our putting ourselves under leaders and obeying them is considering the way that they're living, watching the way they're living, and following them. Um, that's one, one of the best ways to encourage your elders are to, is just to follow their lead. Um, if they are saying, in, in, this is good for you, this is part of your discipleship with Christ, this would be helpful to your walk, I think church members should go with that um, and follow them. And when they do, it's a blessing to the elder to know that this person is really growing in the Lord. Yeah, I mean, that listening and obeying, um, uh, we talk about encouraging and speaking to them, love with kind words. Um, oftentimes, that's not necessary and just requires to submit. It yeah. means more, it would mean more to the elder if you would just listen or be obedient than to to only speak kind words and then when you have something to say you're like ah no right i'll i'll pass right so i mean, i guess the kind words are are great and beneficial and they should be expressed and also a submission and obedience like you're saying here yeah and then i already kind of mentioned the uh the first timothy 5 one um but i'll just read it again and uh, paul's talking to timothy about how the church should uh Think of elders, particularly ones who preach and teach. And he says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And the double honor word has to do with compensation. Make sure they're able to preach and teach without the encumbrance of a nine to five job. Um, they can rather let them you know, have the full time available to study so they can prepare fully baked sermons, not half-baked sermons, and so feed the flock well. And then he says, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And, and then he quotes Jesus. Paul says, um, 
the laborer deserves his wages, what Jesus said. And so there's this idea of uh, honor them. Uh, the ones that are regularly teaching and preaching are, are to be paid, worthy of double honor. And then uh, the, uh, he, he kind of lays the case for it. Then in verse 19, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Um, and that's the idea of don't, like you should, we were saying this earlier, you should trust. You should have an implicit trust toward your elder. And if there's something you feel is wrong with an elder and it's just you, um, if no one else shares your opinion of what's wrong, um, then you probably shouldn't say anything because it says no charge should be made against an elder except that there's two or three witnesses. Now, if there's two or three witnesses, you have a biblical obligation to come to your elder and um, address the, his sin. But it seems to be here that what he's getting at is we shouldn't try to harbor these things that are in our own hearts. If, if there's not other witnesses, we should have an implicit trust um, and a willingness to support uh, the ministry of those who are laboring over us. So, um, so all these things, if we're going to sum, summarize some of these teachings in the New Testament, uh, how to treat our elders, it should be, we respect them, we esteem them highly in love, we obey them, we submit to them, we honor them, we encourage them, we consider their lives, and we imitate their faith. And this is all, uh, when this is being done well, when churches treat their pastors this way, it is for the good of the whole church. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's very helpful. Um, I think very quickly, before we jump into the last thing, I kind of thought of this really quickly. What is it? Have you been in a church or in an environment um, for a period of time in a church, obviously, where this doesn't happen? And what does it look like? What are the effects and what is the environment? And, you know, kind of walk us through. I don't know if you've, you've been I in a situation have, like that. Um, sadly, it was <laughs> in part due because, uh, to the fact that the elders were actually not trustworthy. So I was in a church a number of years ago, not Gracie where I came from. Um, but prior to Gracie in a little church that was old and dying and, um, in that church, the elders had not been very trustworthy, and they had actually uh, hid things and, and did shady things and, and lied about things um, <clears throat> related to the church's money. And so the, the elders were not trustworthy, and the congregation did not trust them. And so it made for just very awkward members' meetings. It made for very heated um, and unhelpful elders meetings that I sometimes got to sit in on, even though I wasn't technically an elder at that church. Um, and ultimately it led to a, a dying ministry. The church was dying and the people who were staying there were the people who were just hanging on by a thread for dear life or people who had been there for decades and weren't at a point where they wanted to change anymore, uh, and go out looking for a new church. Um, so, I mean, it's just an absolute ministry killer. There was no ministry, there was no live ministry happening um, because the people didn't want to follow the elders' lead and the elders weren't leading anywhere. So even if they did follow, there wouldn't be, there was a, a massive dysfunction. Um, 
rather than the if the opposite were true, if the elders were honorable and dignified and met the qualifications and they were trustworthy and that the people were following their lead and supporting them, that church could have been uh, you know, mightily used of the Lord. In fact, I think since I left, they merged with a church plant that had a, has a solid guy leading. And so they, they were doing kind of a whole church revitalization. and I think they're in a much better place now. So thankful for that. Yeah, I continue to think that this is very helpful and um, helps uh, me and us understand the vitality of it, the, the massive importance of uh, obeying scripture and in doing so, obeying our leaders. Uh, what are some, um, to finish out here, some practical ways to honor um, and encourage? I mean, we've talked a, a little bit, a little bit about it already, but some practical ways, some specific ways. and. Again, this is, I think this is hard because you are the pastor and you're, and it seems self-serving like you're saying, um, but it's good to know how, how the pastors um, can help us understand practical ways to honor them and encourage them. Yeah. Well, I've been so loved in this way in the years past, and I want Mark and Kent, other elders, to share the same um, you know, experience I've, I've had. Also, I think you and Michael have done a lot around here too. You don't get noticed. And I think elders should be recognized according to these passages we just read. But I also think it's helpful for our church to know that these there's other men serving too. And so wherever you see good leadership and good work, you should encourage it. Like if you, for the, for the sake of the church, encourage those people, encourage that work. And so some of these things apply to elders, but they also can be applied to just leaders in any capacity. Uh, number one, pray for them and let them know that you're praying for them. Um, send them a text, write them a note. I got a note. I think I mentioned this in another podcast, but got a note. It's still with me. Just, you know, it is giving me, a, I, get, I get a lot of mileage off <laughs> helpful, encouraging yeah. notes. Just no, so yeah. encouraging. Um, but from, uh, a lady who wanted to encourage me and told me she's praying for me. I, I'm so thankful for that. Um, so that would be first. Secondly, encouraging words uh, are, are big. To say it and to be specific, not just good job, pastor, but to be, um, <laughs> to be specific and to say, you have encouraged me in this way. I thank God for you because of this. Um, that is encouraging. Uh, third, to give them something. Give them a book that they want. Give them a, write them a check and tell them to take their wife out on a date um, or, or something like that. Just bless them in tangible ways. It's, it's a, just a way to make them feel loved. And the final way that you can really encourage your pastors, and this is the main way the best way i think you could not do all those other things and do this and and your pastors will be happy is to be growing in the lord to be growing in faith to be growing in obedience to be growing in zeal i mean that's what a pastor is living for pastors and elders want to see their people maturing in christ um Colossians 1, him we proclaim, warning and 
pre- or in teaching and admonishing everyone that we may present every person mature in Christ. And so that's what we're aiming for. So, I mean, when, when I see a guy go from kind of on the fringe um, and move toward full-hearted obedience, really is eager to learn, eager to grow, wants to show up to church on time, wants to be there early to serve and greet and demonstrate hospitality, is, is soaking up on the sermons, is talking about ways to apply them to his life, is staying afterwards and seeking to connect relationally with other church members, taking people out to lunch, then returning in the evening because they want to be a part of what's going on there, to worship with the church, to pray with the church. And then throughout the week, they're, they're connected with people, praying for people, praying through the directory, um, opening up their home for hospitality. When you see these kinds of uh, acts of sacrificial love that are the expression of a growing believer and a maturing believer, it just makes you want to rejoice. And so if you want to encourage your elders, grow. Um, listen to the Word of God and apply it to your life. Make your whole life revolve around Jesus Christ and His purposes for your life. And, and that will encourage uh, the elders of your church. And that's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you for those, uh, those biblical pointers and those reminders. I think that will benefit the church greatly as we seek to serve you guys, especially in this Pastor Appreciation Month of October. And as we carry that on to our uh, every month of our, of our lives together and every day. Right. Well, thank you, Pastor Eric. We're going to tune out for today. Okay. It's been a pleasure to be joining you all on the podcast. And uh, Mike Shera will be joining us hopefully soon. Did you say Mike Shera? Michael Shera. Oh. It'd be cool to have Mike Shera on the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, blessings, and we'll see you Sunday, for willing. Really.